podcast offering tutorials and discussions about nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and with me today, Fuchio Osaka Mom, my mom. Ooh, I like that. Yes. So, last week we talked about kind of the things we kind of know about Japan and what we're getting ourselves into when we get there. Today, we're going to go over what we're doing in Japan. Not necessarily all the details of what we're doing, because some of that I want to leave up to our imagination and what we see when we get there. Because we might see something and be like, ooh, that, versus other days we might be like, uh, who knows. Yeah. Um, and so, the first day we arrive in Osaka, and I really just want us to be able to just explore a little bit and kind of get our bearings down. Obviously, we're going to need to pick up our JR passes, which is a railway system that's in Japan that's owned by the Japanese government, so like their ra- trains run everywhere. Okay, so let's talk about the JR passes for just a second. Okay. In that they're not available if you live inside Japan. No. And you have to buy them outside of Japan, you, although you pick them up there. So yeah, so actually in that particular respect here, they used to actually not be able to pick them up in Japan. This is in the, this is a new newer program that they're sponsoring right now that started this time about last year with anticipation for the Olympics when they come to Japan yeah. here in 2020, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so the notion of the JR passes is that they're a really, really good deal. Yeah. By comparison. Otherwise, I mean, like, you, if you were to just get on the train and regardless every single day, like, you spend a lot of money in transportation because Japan is not a city where a lot of people actually know how to drive but does have, oddly enough, a lot of car manufacturers and cars that come from Japan. Um, but a lot of people in Japan actually take transport, take public transportation for almost the majority of their tra- of their day to day travels, and that's mostly because, again, it's going back to not bothering anybody. You, if you had a car, you'd have to park it somewhere. You have to have a lot of space to park it. It's kind of a little bit like uh, New York in that particular respect. Like there's a lot of people in New York who do drive, but there's not a lot of parking spaces. And it's you know, as we're in in New York, you may not just be able to afford have the money to be able to afford a car. In Japan, it's like you don't really need a car because there's also all this great transportation everywhere. But, like, you almost end up buying a car because of all the transportation you take everywhere. So so when I first looked into the rail passes, because I, I picked those up, mm-hmm. um, so 275 274 for uh, a seven-day pass, and that's on, that's on the standard, standard, uh, standard cars. Um, 435 for a 14-day pass and 556, which really seems a bargain for a 21-day pass. Now I got us green passes mm-hmm. um, because I was told um, that green a green pass is more of a first-class car, mm-hmm. and um, you were guaranteed a place to sit, which I found was interesting because apparently even on long haul on the train sometimes you can end up standing. Yes, yes. Again, depending on. I mean, again, remember that a lot of people take these tra- take trains and buses all the time, and especially when it comes to trains, um, especially in very early morning uh, stuff here, like people can literally be pushing, uh, like they'll have staff there that literally push, push people into the train. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you got us the green passes uh, for the green trains, um, where we will have a place to sit will make it all the better that we're not standing up the entire time. So. And it's just a more, it, it, it was like $130 more yeah. per person. Yeah, so that's um, reasonable. But, um, but yeah, it's the green car on the train. Yeah, and again, they're only really offered to people outside of Japan. You can't buy it if you live in Japan. Although, I had a friend who, when other friends would visit him, they would buy a rail pass 
for him, and he would just kind of like pay him back for the rail pass. But, that it, was, but apparently they check your passport. Um, they'll check your passport or your ID um, when you're using it. Oh, I did not know this. Uh, okay, so one of the guide, guidelines when I was reading about um, was that um, have your passport someplace that's easily accessible or your, your um, out-of-country ID Okay. because um, they, they will periodically check them. Okay, cool. Well, again, and I can understand that. And again, if you're living in Japan, I mean, like, uh, for like two or three years, you might still have your American, you know, driver's license or something like that, you or American have your passport. passport. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, you clearly could feign it if you needed to. Yeah. So, so, so you can order those. There are a couple of travel agents that that um, that uh, will provide them for you. I I used a, a travel agent in Japantown in San Jose, mm -hmm. but it actually originated in LA, and it was once I ordered it, then it was FedExed up. Yep, and then so we have passes for it, and then when we get to Japan, we pick them up. At the airport, it's very convenient. And also at the airport, I got us a mobile router. Oh, very cool. So a mobile router here was basically at about uh, about nine to ten dollars a day. And it's got unlimited Wi-Fi, although after we go three gigs, it actually starts to slow down a little bit. Um, but again, like it'll allow us to pull up maps and all sorts of stuff where we're out and about. And clearly when we're at the, uh, the hotels, which will be another topic here, that there'll be Wi-Fi there for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, but we have this Wi-Fi dongle that we can take around with us if we want to look up stuff or translate stuff, things like that here, so... Yeah, that'll be really useful because I know when I was walking in Taipei in April, it would have been really nice to be able to pull up Google Maps. Mm -hmm. So so that is available there. Um, so, no, yeah, our first day in Osaka, just kind of want to get around, get kind of familiarized with everything. I don't imagine we'll get to our... Um, and so what we're staying in primarily while we're in Japan is known as Ryokens. Mm -hmm. And these are, if you had to kind of like uh, describe them in a very kind of generic way they're kind of like at a, a hostel if you will but they're basically hotels that are kind of like low-key hotels they're tatami mat floors often very small rooms that are probably no bigger than about 200 meter 200 square feet if if that in some cases you know they're meant they're again they're meant to be slept in not to be lived in you know so you sleep inside them and then you walk you know they don't most of them sometimes won't even have a bathroom in there directly connected. So you'll have, she, yeah, a lot of times I, I understand we'll have shared bathroom, which is dandy. Yeah, which is fine. And the same thing with um, bathrooms themselves where we go to bathe. Well, now, and some of them have baths. Yes. Which you're expected to already have bathed before you go in the bath. You're expected to have already showered and cleansed. So, so the notion of bathing in Japan, and especially if you're in general here, is that the bath part is the part where you get to go in and relax. Yeah. So, but you do the rest of it like you're bathing outside of it because if you're in a shared bath, you don't want to go into the bath when you're dirty because other people are going to go in there as well. Right. So typically what you do is you would go in and you would, you know, you would, I mean, most, most bathhouses here have like a kind of a bathtub that's probably about big as our, my, my dining room table here, maybe a little bit bigger probably. You can easily fit like five or maybe like five, six, maybe 10 people in it. Um, and then there's these little stalls that are kind of around the area that you're meant to wash yourself in. So they'll have like shampoo and conditioner and soap and a mirror beside it and a, uh, kind of a hose faucet that you can kind of like go all over yourself. The big one is the bucket where you fill the bucket up and you obviously just splash yourself over the head with it to kind of like rinse yourself. Um, so all that is available. And then when you're done with all that, then you go into the bath and 
bath is also, bath has also got like minerals in it to help you kind of relax and just kind of just give you a moment to kind of just relax the tension out of your body. And I understand as a as an aside to that, one of the big things to bring back are Japanese bath salts because they're a big thing. Yes, it's very a very popular item if you can bring them out of there. And they, I think in Japan they kind of give it away. Okay. So we okay. can bring definitely those that are bring back. Um, one of the things I do want to see on our first day here is uh, Dotonbori, which is the, which is a, basically which is kind of a canal that kind of runs kind of through the center of Osaka, that apparently has all these great restaurant shops and this super neon kind of like look to it. The Just, signs are supposed to be amazing. There's, oh yeah. There's supposed to be giant things. Mm-hmm. Like uh, giant, like giant lobsters. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. An octopus. Uh, yes, and one of the other things there is um, they have like these. Um, I can't remember the Japanese name for it, but like these octopus balls. Taka. Taka 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 Yunoa or something like that. Yeah. Um, and taka so. Taka, are, taka something. Yeah. Well, okay, because mind you, octopus in Japanese is taka. Okay. Well, they're taka something. They're supposed to be. Or no, taco. Taco. Excuse me. Taka is a uh, hawk. Taco is uh, octopus. Oh, to me, taka is a. Latin American airline. Um, taco to me is a thing I go get at the place that with the at the at the bell, but then it'd be octopus bell for the Japanese. They would probably look at us funny. Yeah, so they're supposed to be the um, balls that where the octopus is in the center of, of sort of a dough based. Yeah, there's, ball. Like, there's like a dough vegetable sort of thing mixed to it. They're they're an Osaka thing. They're an Osaka thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody says you have to do that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's some great restaurants there as well. Um, if we had the time to, I'd love to swing by. There's a Universal Studios there. That's I w- what I understand. Yeah, I would. If we have the chance to, I would like to swing by there because they have, um, they have an Evangelion ride, which is one of my favorite Japanese animation. And apparently, what they're what they have what they're selling right now are these popcorn buckets with the robots' heads on them. And you can now, mind you, like. If you if you're able to get one back here to the U.S. on eBay, they go for about a hundred bucks. Oh, cool! But I'm sure you can buy them there for like twenty five to thirty bucks. So if like, I I know I got asked by one of my colleagues that if I could bring one back for her, I was like, I don't know if I'll have the space for it, but I'll see if I even get to go there. Okay, well, so, you know, and 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 I saw a comparison online between that and, and Disney Sea. Yes. So it was interesting. So I, I'm I'm game for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm looking for. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to see what they do for a theme park if that we that's clearly meant on more um, Western-based properties than necessarily Japanese-based properties. But they have a fair amount of Japanese properties there as well. Well, so. the comparison I saw said Disney Sea is an all-day thing. Oh yes, it is. But but the Universal could be done in a couple of hours, so it seems to me that's probably pretty doable. Yeah, and that's something we can do that kind of just kind of get out of the way. And again, we, we don't necessarily have to do Danton Birdie the first day because again, that's still just right in the middle. Yeah. Of Osaka, so we can even go there once or twice even. Okay. Um, so the second day, we're going to go down to the K- Kishiwara, which is a which is kind of like a district in Osaka. Osaka you got to remember that areas in Japan are kind of like, um, not necessarily like states that we would have here, but more like counties almost. Uh-huh. It's kind of a better way to say it, because it's not really any kind of official state. Like, so Kyoto is like its own county, and then you have um, Osaka is its own county, Tokyo is its own county. They're known as prefectures in Japan, and then they have different local areas in there. So you might. So in our case here, we're going to 
Kishiwada, and we're going to go watch the Kishiwada Danjiri Matsusuri, which is basically an, a cool kind of tradition that started about 300 plus years ago. Um, and so you have carpenters and local businesses that create their own wooden floats that they drag and run through the streets with, dragging them. This is a festival. This is a festival. It's supposed to be guys on horses doing archery. Possibly, yeah, too. Archery is a big deal in Japan. If we get a chance Samurai. to see that, it's going to be very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I saw, I, I saw a, a video with it. It looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while we're there, we could also see Kishiwada Castle, which is this huge castle. It's this big thing there in Kishiwada. So there's that we can see when we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, on our third day, we're going to go to Nara, which is another prefecture, which is another area inside of Osaka. Um, it's apparently about a uh, 35 to 35 to 40 minute train ride of maybe up to an hour, depending on um, from where we're going. But we're going to go to a park where you can pet deer. <laughs> and it's now, supposed to be it's supposed to be a lot of fun. So the way so again, and you, you ask yourself, like, wait, you can pet the deer. The deer are naturally occurring deer that are in the area. They're not domesticated, but they're pretty darn close to it. Um, so I guess the best kind of example might be like a local neighborhood cat that just kind of like goes up to everybody and it's like, hey, how are you doing? Um, what you do is, so what happened was is that um, the shogun in the area um, basically decreed that the deer you could not hunt. The deer were, lo- were the deer were like a local, a local patronage of a local god there. Um, and so you can't hunt the deer there at all. So the deer just kind of naturally appeared there. But everyone like Eventually, these deer, like, you started feeding them these deer biscuits, which I'm told it tastes a little bit, a little bit, like, nastier than a graham cracker, but they're still, like, like a very, like, plain graham cracker. Okay. Um, and then you feed the deer, and you, the deer will, like, the deer will actually bow to you and everything. Because, again, like, they see other people doing it, and they think, oh, yeah, I have to bow and get a deer biscuit. Um, I'm told, though, that the deer are kind of entitled. So, like, if you don't have any more on you, they'll still kind of, like, try to start nipping at you, like, trying to eat. Eat it's just like Canadian geese in the park. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. So they're the yeah no, but again, it's a very cool thing. Um, while we're there as well, we're gonna we can go to, Tad, uh, Toda Toda Temple, which uh-huh. has the largest Buddha statue. This thing is just like this massive like two or three story tall Buddha statue statue. And I understand the, the castle's really nice. Oh yeah. And then we all, there's also um, Horyuki Temple as well, which is one of the, which is apparently the oldest wooden building in Japan. So there's that there as well. So it's the stuff we can see in Nara. I mean, if we just get off the beaten path, there's lots. There's lots of cool history that's in Nara. I understand there there's lots of temples in Nara as well. Yes, a lot of temples there. Next day, we are actually leaving Osaka. Okay, so we've de- dealt with Friday and Saturday. On Sunday, we're leaving Osaka. On, so, so we arrive on Thursday. We arrive on Thursday, and then so Thursday is kind of like going to Osaka, maybe Universal Studios. So we'll see how we yeah. feel from traveling, and then yeah. um, and then day and then so Friday is going to be um, the Cart Festival here, uh-huh. and then Saturday is going to be Nara, uh-huh. and then on day four we go to Kyoto. Very cool. And okay. There's two things we get. The two things I want to do while we're first there. We want to go to the 
I want to see. We're going to go to the initially. We're going to go to the Toei uh, to the Toei Studio Park. This is what this is a this is basically kind of like a Universal Studios backlot tour almost, but it's for all of Toei's shows that they do. So this oh. is all their like historical pieces and all their like modern age stuff. It's also Toei's also the people that do the Power Rangers, or as we know, <laughs> or as we know them here, or as we know them here, as we know them here, Power Rangers in Japan, they're known as Super Sentai. They also do um, one of my favorite series, which is Common Writer, which is Master Writer. Okay. And so if that's so, I I don't know if they have. Last I heard, they have like this like wall of like all, every single Red Ranger. That's just like this lineup everywhere. John would be like, oh. But love what it. about the Green Ranger? Not the Green Ranger. No. John uh, is the Green Ranger. I know he is the Green Ranger. He is. Um, so is that and is there's that I want to go see. That is like a ha- that's a pretty good half day sort of thing. So like okay. we can get there and kind of go see it. Um, I'm told we can dress up there as well. So that might be a possible. We can rent costumes. We might be able to rent costumes there. I'm totally down for that. I get to be the Pink Ranger. Well, no, no, no. Like a kimono. Oh, a kimono. Even better. That's yes. more my style. Yes. Okay. I, I don't think that let us. I, I have the hair. If somebody can put my my hair up. I'm sure we can find stuff to... We, yeah. For, I'm sure we can find some nice uh, hair ornaments for that in Japan. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to see is called Fushi, Fushumi Inari Shrine, which is basically kind of translates to Fox Shrine. Uh, Inari means fox, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Um, and basically, um, what the, if you've ever heard of a tori gate by chance? Uh-huh. So tori gates are these kind of wooden pillars that have like a bar across of it. This has got one of the longest stretches of Tori gates. So, like, if you've ever, like, been to Japan, you've seen, like, this long stretch of Tori With gates. With the bamboo yeah. on the sides. Yeah, so this is this super long sort of shrine where they're, where the where these massive Tori gates are kind of, like, it's supposed to be really one beautiful. after another after another after another. Um, and so that's, a, so that's something we can definitely go see while we're there. Um, there's that that's available there. Um, that's something, I mean, we can see that kind of on almost any day, but it's definitely something I want to go see at least once. Um, our fifth day is what I call a free day. Now, free days, I, free days for me are basically get lost. Get, drop off at a station here and get lost. Apparently, one of the major Kyoto stations is where we're going to be able to see that one Starbucks. Well, and I understand that whole district is supposed to be really cool. Yeah, so that's one of those days in which I just want to try to just get lost in Kyoto a little bit and kind of play it by year almost. Mm -hmm. We have the time. I mean, it's not like... um, I don't have anything planned in the evening either. I was thinking maybe find a way to get to um, to Kobe, maybe try the Kobe beef, which apparently is a big deal in Japan, obviously. Yeah. Um, But that's a little... So that might be something we do in the evening for dinner. Okay. But I would just love to just get lost in in, in well, Kyoto for a bit. Well, that that district looks really, really cool. Again, it look, it's again, it's like all the old buildings, but they're kind of renovated on the inside for more modern purposes. So right. that's really cool. At the end of the day. Oh yeah. So yeah, no. So definitely repurposed, like, but repurposed, but preserving the history at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of those things I want to go do there. Um, on day six, we're still in Kyoto. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things I wanted to go do was see the Kyoto Railway Museum. Now again, obviously trains are a big deal in Japan. This has got, like, two-scale replicas of actual, like, various trains, from bullet trains to early trams, subway cars. Like, it looks really cool. Um, and while we're there as well, they also have the Kyoto Manga Museum. 
Oh, perfect. So that would be cool. Um, and then, if we can, I would love to take you to the Saginaw Bamboo Forest. I heard about this. Yes. I don't know if the leaves will start changing at all just yet, because apparently when it, the leaves change to a golden, the kind of a golden yellow, orange, and red, like, apparently it's just, like, amazing there. Uh-huh. But there's basically just, it's you, there's this walkway, and you just walk down, and there's these old groves of bamboos to either side of you. Just feel like they go on forever. Oh, it sounds beautiful. So, the, so the definitely a, f- a cool thing there I wanted to do. On day seven, we're going to leave Kyoto. Okay. We're heading over to Nagoya. Now, Nagoya is now basically Osaka is known as kind of the second largest prefecture by comparison to Tokyo. It's where a lot of the uh, where a lot of stuff happens over there. Um, a lot of economics, entertainment, things like that happen in Osaka. Kyoto is known for more of the history. Like Kyoto's got a lot of temples and shrines and very beautiful settings. So, like, if it's you want, clearly have, been very well preserved. Yes, and Japanese do a very good job of preserving their culture. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, much so, much more so than other places, I think. But they also, I think, have just like the most longest continuous sort of span of culture, I think, as well. Um, Nagoya is known as kind of like an industrial sort of city um, in certain parts, but it does have a couple cool kind of buildings there. They have the Nagoya Castle, which is a, another huge castle just right in the middle of downtown. Um, they also have another temple there, which is the Osu Kanin Temple. And on that day as well, we're going to go try sake. I'm looking forward to this. So I've made arrangements with a guy who is for this collection of, Jap- of Japanese sake bars. That all they do, all they serve is sake. So he's going to give us some cool tasting. I'm looking forward so to that's, it. That's that's going to be really cool. And that's also the day we're going to sleep in a capsule hotel. I'm look strangely enough. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Do, and and my question for you is: Do you know? And you may not know yet. Do we get to sleep in the same portion of the hotel, or is it segregated by sex? Segregated by sex. That's what I thought. So, okay. Yeah. So the men, so the men will be on one side, and the women will be on the other side. And there's a logic to that as well. Yeah. At the end of the oh, day. Yeah. Because um, you got to remember that even on the trains. Now, as a side, now I have one of the greatest sweatshirts that I've ever had from my aunt, and I have to explain the story because it doesn't make sense. So when you look at the picture, it's all in Japanese. And basically what it is, it's the kind of like the bathroom sign for a guy and a girl, and uh-huh. they're on the train. But the guy's got his hand kind of going underneath the skirt of the girl. Yeah. And if you don't read Japanese, the shirt looks very offensive at the end of the day. She's like, what on earth is going on there? But then if you read the Japanese, it does say, beware of perverts, perverts are on trains. Now, the reason why that is is because, again, as we were saying before, that mass transit is a very big deal in Japan, and they pack people into trains very tightly and one of the problems that can happen here is that when you're really packed into a train very tightly there's not a whole lot of space to move like personal space is not really an option on there and so like and so a lot of the women there if they're wearing skirts and especially if you are of school age if you're from middle school to high school more where you're where you're kind of forced to wear a skirt yeah you're you're kind of forced to wear a skirt as a part of the school uniform especially especially more of the case in high school because in high school you might be traveling, you know, 20 or 30 minutes on train to get yeah. to your high school, maybe. So, like, so the problem here is a lot of guys, because you're packed in so tightly, will reach and molest women, and women generally won't say anything at all because they don't want to bother other people with well, their own problems. So one of the videos I saw said, if somebody pinches you, because they talked about you're packed in tightly on the trains, Grab their hand as quickly as you can and yank it upwards and go 
whose hand is this? And that will stop it. There is actually, there is kind of a way to kind of, there is kind of a way to circumvent it a little bit in Japan. Now, in the early morning hours between like 7 a.m. and like 9 a.m. in the morning, there is a women's only train. Car, yeah, car yes, on the train. There is yeah. a, so there is a women's only car that's on the train that only women can go on to. Um, men can go on it as well, although men generally get very, very evil eye looks from them, and they usually get shut, shuttled off of there. Yeah, but, that, yeah, I so, read about that. Yeah, so there are women-only cars on the train, so those are available so that women don't feel don't get that happening to them at all. Anyway, it is a very cool shirt. Annie yes. Claudia got that it's, for you. It's a very cool shirt. The question is always going to be that, like, is one of three different things. One, does she know what she got me? And is either is trying to send me a very subtle message. Two, does she know what she got? She got me and has a very good, has a great sense of humor. Or, or let me rephrase that here. Number one is that she doesn't know what she got me and just picked up something in general, not knowing what it was. Number two, thinking that she knows what it is and she's trying to send me a subtle message. Or number three, she knows what it is and she has a great sense of humor. Now, it's hard to tell with my aunt because, like, she's a very reserved individual that doesn't seem to have a real wild side to her at all. So it's kind of hard to tell what was her intention behind it. Although I'm pretty sure... I'm, it's number three. I'm she, pretty sure. She, yeah, she always went out, goes out of her way to get the right gift for, for people. And yeah. she knows you love Japanese things. And, yeah. and she, she no doubt saw that and thought, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And it, without knowing what it said in Japanese. Or, just, or even knowing yeah. what the context, the context yeah. of it was. Yeah. So I'm pretty, yeah, I think number three is most likely the answer. It's the answer I want it to be at the end of the day. Yeah. That or I'm pretty sure, like, and again, mind you, this was like 2002, I think. Yeah, it's been a while, so it's yeah. Been like, so it's been like almost it's like when 20, you were in college, yeah. Yeah, it was like 20 years ago. It was very much almost 20 years ago at this point here now, which is, when you think about it, it's like, yeesh, it's a yeah. long ago. But it doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. Um. So, no, yeah, so, um, but no, while we're in Nagano, we're going to have it be in a capsule hotel. Now, a capsule hotel, for our listeners who, don't, are, who aren't familiar with it, sounds kind of like what it is. Now, a capsule hotel is basically, you get a, you get a capsule, which is probably no bigger than, you know, like, maybe, like, 50, maybe, again. They uh, look like they're, okay, so I saw a bunch. So, they look like they're probably, like, four or five feet high. They're, they're a hole in the wall. It's like being in a catacomb. I would say, yeah, it'd be like it's yeah. kind of like the size of like a washing machine or or like a dryer in your in your closet. Well, okay, so so you lay down, you get a you get sort of your slot in the wall, mm-hmm. and there's little ladders to get you up to your slot. But it's mm-hmm. not like a bunk bed because you enter in head first. Your mm-hmm. feet are towards the hole, and the hole is probably four by five. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but they look really interesting. I really kind of wanted to have that experience because I don't know where else you could have yeah, that no, experience. And, and that was my thing here too. Like, I don't know where else I would get this experience. So I was like, I totally want to do that. Yeah. And again, a lot of this is going to be like, where would I get these experiences outside of Japan? Yeah. And a lot of it's, you know, not likely to get it at all. Yeah. I'm not likely to be able to ever find any of these things outside of Japan, if only just because like... Again, Japanese culture is a very insulated sort of thing. Like they don't a lot of their culture when it bleeds out of Japan, like doesn't doesn't gets modified. Off, gets modified and reinvented in more like even even here, like when we have sushi, we have rolls and we have like a California roll, which doesn't exist in Japan. Well okay, so are we saying sushi isn't in rolls? 
No, they can. There can be roles in Japan. They're not. But again, I mean, I love the notion of a California roll, which is like the sushi with avocado in the middle, and I. Yeah, it's I a just, whole different thing. Yeah, I just well, test uh, avocado, so that's just and, me. and we can talk about this later, but um, there are apparently sushi places where you literally have a conveyor belt that rolls past you. Oh, yeah, so conveyor, you, conveyor belt sushi. Yeah, and you just grab what you want, and then they write up what yeah. you owe. Well, yeah, basically what it is, so the, the plates have different colors on it, and so what you do is you sit down at a table, and you can order other stuff if you want certain other stuff, or you can just watch for stuff to kind of come by now there's a sushi set there's a kitchen where they're cooking all this stuff they put little stuff on conveyor belts and basically you pick up the plate and based on what how many color plates you have that's what they charge you yeah so like one plate might be like 200 yen versus another plate might be 500 yen which is like two dollars and five dollars and again the best way to kind of remember yen is basically like 100 yen is about a buck it's not quite a buck but it's kind of the best way to kind of memorize that uh, it's like 92, 93 cents, somewhere close, around there. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Uh, close enough for government work. Yeah. Um, but so, but even better, the little, the when you order actual sushi off like a menu, sometimes it's a digitized sort of thing. There's a train that will come up to you so you can pick it up and then you can take it off and then the train then goes away. Oh, that's too so it's fun. It's completely automated. So we okay. can definitely try one of those one day. Yeah, that would be that great. That would be very cool. Um, so yeah, so Nagoya is where we're going to have sake as well, which again, I'm really looking forward to because I'm not really a drinking type, but again, I'm in Japan. When, when else am I going to ever get a chance to do it here? Yeah. You know, like again, they literally sell beer in vending machines, machines. in Japan, which are everywhere in Japan. Like, I, like, like, why wouldn't I try it while I was there? Even if I don't like beer, I mean, like, gotta try it. I always like, I always like trying beer from other yeah. countries. Okay. All right, so the next day, we're in Mount Fuji. And we're riding bicycles and around we're the riding, lake. we're riding bicycles around the lake. I initially wanted to ride around Mount Fuji, but then realized how big it was. I was like, oh. Can't do that. Can't, can't really do that. I mean, I bet we could do it in a day. Or at least you could probably do it in a day. <laughs> I would probably be puttering around right behind you just being like, wait for me. There are actually people who ride up Mount Fuji, and mm-hmm. they start at like 8 or 9 at night. And they try to get up there to the very top for sunrise the following morning. Oh, yes, because sunrise over Mount Fuji is something, uh, is very much a thing. Yeah, so, so it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be amazing, but, but it's also supposed to take all night. Yes. Yeah. Not, not doing that. No, no. Um, and then the end of our day there is going to be, we're going to be at a hot spring hotel. So these are hotels in Japan, especially around Mount Fuji and in more kind of more mountainous regions where somewhat naturally occurring hot springs are kind of there and you kind of very much in the traditional bath sense, but they're meant to be just like this whole new experience. And we got a really cool place that's going to have apparently taiko drummers there and yeah. dinner, so it looks really, really cool. So, yeah, it does. Uh, not, so that, not a cheap date, though. Uh, admittingly, no. But again, uh, mind you, everywhere else we're staying. Worthy. Is, yeah. Again, everywhere else we're staying, though, is again, like, I think I'm not spending more than like a maybe a hundred bucks a night in one or two places but even then like the capsule hotel like 55 bucks a night yeah yeah so i would i would i would you know like depending on how that first day goes in the capsule hotel and the rest of the why not spend the rest of japan in the capsule hotel they're so cheap but again not a lot of room and we've got yeah. stuff that we're going along with us so yeah. within reason okay so the next day we get into tokyo and this is also kind of a free day right now originally we we're going to do sumo wrestling but i could not get the tickets for it they sold out like that because it's the sumo finals 
Okay. So there's finals for the year. But as an alternative, we could go watch uh, sumo wrestling. We could go watch sumo wrestlers practice in the morning. Oh, very good. Okay. So, as long as we get to see sumo wrestlers, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No. It's apparently about 100 bucks a head, which is, you know, yeah. totally doable. Yeah. You know, and then, um, so that's one of the days here. But again, we get to Tokyo. I figure we can kind of walk around, maybe visit uh, Shinjuku, which has got really kind of cool fashion there. Um, and then maybe maybe go look at some temples, things like that. So we can, or we can get onto one of the buses and just travel around and see where yeah. it drops us off at. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in hop-on, hop-off buses. Mm -hmm. In most cities, that's a pretty cool way to get around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, day 10 is basically... Well, basically, we're in Tokyo. where there's a, We're going to be in a portion of, uh, Tokyo, of Tokyo Prefecture called Akihabara. Mm -hmm. So Akihabara is also known um, kind of by its English name of Electric Light Town. It's where all the kind of technology, Japanese kind of weird modern culture comes from in in Japan. Electronic stores, anime stores. Electronic stores, anime stores, cosplay stores. There's stores in, there's a store where they'll literally like, you can pick out a cosplay costume and it'll help you take professional pictures of you in it. Oh, now that could be fun. That's cool. Um, it's also where if we wanted to, we'll find like maid cafes and idol shows, uh, which I'm still trying to, uh, okay, I don't know. What exactly is an idol show? So I'm glad you asked about idols. Idol. So, do you remember the Backstreet Boys and oh, yeah. NSYNC and Spice Girls and things like that? Well, Japan saw that and said we could do better, and so they did. Um, and so idols they were kind of an unusually big thing in Japan, where basically you get like a collection of anywhere from like seven to twelve, maybe eleven girls. They're all like sing and dance in choreography and like a big sort of stage production they move around different people kind of move into the center and back and forth like it's a big kind of production okay one of the largest ones is known as akb 48 or excuse me akb i have to remember my math here real quickly it's akb either 47 or 48 i, don't, okay. I can't remember which uh, off the top of it i think it's 48 it's basically made up of 48 members. Cool. Divided between three different groups, A, K, and B. Okay. So, um, and each one, I, again, if memory serves me correctly, each one has like 16 members of it, nine members dance, nine to 11, 10 members dance every day, so they kind of can switch out. They have different theaters across uh, Tokyo, but there's other like variations of it as well. They're also like regional dialect kind of like areas there as well. So you might have one in, Osaka, you might have one in um, Kyoto. Like, they have different, like, idols are not a small thing. So, like, because everyone thinks, everyone sees this as an easy way to either make money, get promotional sort of stuff, because everyone likes cute girls at the end of the day, too. Yeah. And, like, and this is, like, the height of cute girls. Well, and cute is a, is a thing there. Oh, well, I don't mean cute as in, I don't just mean cute as in, like, like my niece looks really cute in this right now. Okay. I also mean kind of cute girls in the sense of, like, you know, kind of mature, sort of, like, because a lot of these are, like, out of high school teenager, out of high school, okay. you know... Young adults. 18, 19, 20, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's a big... Again, Japanese idols, very big thing in Japan. It's it's seen as kind of like the entry platform into, like, either your own kind of music label or joining a, joining a band or maybe getting TV commercials and maybe getting your own TV show, things like that. Okay. Um, so that might be something we can do um, on day 10. Okay. On day 11, we are going to Tokyo Sea. Now, how is Tokyo Sea different from Disneyland? So, 
in the way the way way back machine in the early in the late 80s going into early 90s the Disneyland staff and Disneyland wanted to expand the park now they had re- now they owned the parking lots literally directly in front of Disneyland, um, mm-hmm. which for its time was one of the largest open parking lots when it first got opened. Um, that's there now, and then they later opened. And we're it talking Anaheim. In Anaheim, yeah. Um, and so they wanted to build. They felt that they could, you know, this had this all this ripe land, and it seemed kind of odd to just have it for a parking lot. They just finished buying the Disneyland Hotel, which originally wasn't owned by Disney at all. It was actually owned by a separate company. Um, and then another hotel and a couple more spaces of land around there. So you're able to actually to expand. Um, but what they didn't want to do initially is they didn't want to expand in Anaheim. They want to expand in Long Beach. And originally they bought the Queen Mary, which is this very famous um, cruise liner ship. Luxury liner, yeah. Luxury liner. They bought a bunch of the land around there. And the intention was they wanted to build a new theme park nearby. So and then what they would do is they would have a light rail system that would get you from Disneyland all the way over to... This other theme park, they wanted to call it. Then they wanted to call it Disney Sea, and the notion was supposed to be all water based. It was supposed to be based off of the theming was supposed to be much better um, than what was at Disneyland because Disneyland was always kind of an evolving sort of thing. But a lot of time when you go through Disneyland, like the theming kind of like gets a little disjointed from place to place. Sometimes yeah. you know, like yeah. You walk well, because in, you have new characters that you need to introduce because mm-hmm. you have movies and franchises, yeah. but then you also have. New rides to take over old space there, and then some pl- things might fit better versus other places. Um, and again, they wanted to build this really great amusement park that was kind of based off of like Jules Verne's and all water themed. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody who knows the history of Anaheim and Disneyland knows that Anaheim hates Disneyland. It, it, I don't mean it, in, I don't, and I don't mean like in the pejorative sense, like oh look at those Disneyland people. <laughs> no, like Anaheim, like hates when Disneyland tries to expand because they're, Disneyland wants to expand really badly. Yeah. But Anaheim won't let them because they already create such a ruckus there already. Um, like their entire downtown district is, is basically Disneyland and the surrounding hotels around it. Mm-hmm. But everything else around Anaheim, it kind of just gets sucked up by Disneyland. So a lot of like, you know, other areas outside of Anaheim are not the greatest at all. And then a lot of, because a lot of the money has to go into focus into Disneyland and supporting, supporting Disneyland. Yeah. So a lot of the money doesn't can't get focused on other portions of Anaheim as a result, which some of the areas, if you go outside of Disneyland for more than like five, two or three miles, like you start really kind of seeing like, oh, this is not as nice as the little, inner core of yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, a little seedy. Yeah, it starts getting kind of seedy. Um, and like Anaheim was always forever having a problem with Disneyland doing fireworks and late night shows and... Because it disturbs residents. Yeah. Precisely, no, yeah. Having worked there for many, many years, almost five years actually, um, like you, you would get complaints about the fireworks happening at nighttime from people who are trying to go to sleep. It's like, yeah. I had one person ask me one time. It's like, there's somebody banging on my wind on my wall. It's like, oh, will you look outside your wall for just a minute to the northeast or to the northwest? Though so it's the fireworks from Disneyland. Oh, well, tell them to stop. I'm trying to go to sleep. It's like, I'll ask. I'll go ahead and give them a call. Yeah. And the fireworks stopped after like nine thirty, after like nine fifty, because it's a twenty minute fireworks show. Yeah. I went and called the woman. Was like, "Hey, I just got off the phone with Disneyland. They're stopping the they're stopping the fireworks here very shortly." About time. I was like, "Okay, you're welcome, ma'am." Even though I never called Disney, yeah, and I never did anything of the sort. So Disney Sea is what they envisioned for the Queen Mary. 
So yeah, so like originally what they wanted to do is they were going to incorporate the Queen Mary in some way. And it was going to be literally right on the waterfront. Um, and so Disney Tokyo Sea is kind of the envision of what they wanted what they wanted that to be at the end of the day. So it's got a lot of the rides that are there are very aquatic themed. There's a lot of stuff based off like the Little Mermaid and Finding Nemo. Basically anything that kind of takes place near the water happens there as well. It's from everything I've ever heard is the one that's supposed to be the most the best themed Disneyland park ever. I had heard that it's it's uh, relatively adult. Yes, but it's more it's, it's more mature by nature. But again, like it's it's really really cool. And apparently, there's also a lot of like or what they would what they would what they would call this would be called a gaijin, which mm-hmm. is a, a foreigner essentially. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to like my friends, there's a lot of gaijin like working there in the park. A lot of like white people and people from America who work at the park. Really? Oh yeah. From what well, I understand. Okay, if you go to Vegas, you get a lot of foreigners working there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, it, and I don't think it's just because I think it's just because they want. Um, you got to remember that Disney doesn't actually run the parks. A different, um, a Japanese company actually runs the day-to-day stuff, but Disney still owns it at the end of the day. Okay. Kind of like, um, kind of like a hotel where, like, you might own the building, but you have a separate. Well, the national company. parks have have uh, people Caretakers. who, act, yeah. Well, they have people who actually operate the hotels. Yeah. So. They don't as an, them. Yeah, as an example. So, yeah. Um, but no, again, it's supposed to be the one of the best themed uh, parks. It's one of the like second or third most traveled theme parks um, um, in all the world here. So it looks really, really cool. Um, and we're going kind of on an off-peak sort of time here. So hopefully, it's not going to be too crazy while we're there. Are we there on a weekend? Or are we there on a weekday? We're there technically on a weekend just because the hours would be open later. Oh, okay. That so, makes sense. So, okay. But um, we can always change that around to try to get it on a weekday maybe. Well, no, no. If, if it means that there's longer hours, that works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there will also be longer lines. But, again, we're going in September, so it's, you know, school would be back in session already yeah. here by beginning of September. So hopefully not that crazy. Okay. Um, day 12, again. So day 12 here is going to go watch the sumo wrestlers practice in the morning was one thing we can do okay um and then the afternoon here we can go see the we can go to the studio ghibli museum the studio ghibli if you know is um maker of like uh my neighbor totoro which was one of my favorite anime movies ever um uh we probably know it a lot more better off of side like ponyo and um castle in the sky Trying to think of more recent stuff there, like Japanese movies. Um, yeah, it's, an, it's a it's a well known anime studio. It's a very well known movie studio that only does movies. He's only ever released, he, but they make just the most beautiful movies, and it's supposed to be like really really cool because they got like dioramas off their very various movies there. Like, like they have the cat bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Adults can't get on it, but they have the cat bus. <laughs> cat bus is cool. Um, so that's there. Um, and then we finish off the night, hopefully, with the Robot Restaurant. I am looking forward to the Robot Restaurant. The Robot Restaurant, from what people have told me, is very touristy. It's not... It, it, Japanese people like it because it's kind of touristy, but it's supposed to be just like this neon light show of seizure-inducing, like, insanity <laughs> is the way it's described to me. You actually have to go, like, downstairs to, like, the basement to get to it. So, but it's supposed to be really, really cool at the end of the day. Um, and then one of these days here as well, I don't know which day it is here, but I have to go see the Gundam statue. Yeah. So there's a, so, um, 
those who followed us for our mecha anime mm -hmm. know will know that um, will have heard of me mention Gundam before. It's one of the most popular, longest running Japanese franchises um, in Japanese animation. It's basically giant, you know, giant. I want to say like six, seven story tall giant robots that like move around like they look like samurai warriors, um, which is somewhat intentional. Okay. Um, and there's a statue of it that's supposed to be a life, life-size statue of it in Tokyo. And at nighttime, because it's based off of the Gundam Unicorn, which is the most recent kind of major release franchise of the Gundam uh, series here right now, was uh -huh. very good series by the, as well, by the way. Um, it's supposed to be based off of that, and one of the uh, hallmarks of the Unicorn, of Gundam Unicorn, or the Unicorn Gundam here in this case, is that it transforms. So, like, its individual armor pieces kind of move out of the way to release kind of like a neon underskirt kind of thing going on. Okay. And so it looks really cool at nighttime. They make a big old performance of it as well. So that definitely something. Cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely something I want to see here at nighttime. Now, where, now is, is that in Akihabara or where is it? That's actually um, more toward the south portion of Japan, uh, of Tokyo at least. Okay. So right. um, it's not. It's so it's one of those things that we might be able to do on a free day maybe um, in the evening, but. Um, some of this can, we can kind of switch around here a little bit too. Okay. So nothing's nothing's in place um, necessarily. Um, okay. And day thirteen um, is the last day in in Japan. And we'll depart from Akihabara to Narita um, Airport and fly out from there. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything planned in the morning there. Although again, we could we could theoretically like. Well, but our flights at what noon? It's like yeah, like at noon, one o'clock, I think. Yeah. Um, so, we could so do something on that morning. Um, the question would be, what would we find to do in that, on that morning is the only thing. Maybe just going to um, a grocery store or a 7-Eleven and picking up last-minute souvenirs. Yes, souvenirs. Those are one of those things that uh, we want to bring back. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I think I always like bringing back food because that's always a fun, a fun mm -hmm. thing. Um, they're, supposed, they're famed for having uh, flavored mm -hmm. Kit Kats, so I, I have requests for that. So in Japan, um, kit, they're known as kitakatos. Kitakatos? Kitakatos, because they like the automai way it, pia way it sounds. Oh, okay. Uh, Japanese people are big. A lot of Japanese humor is based off of puns. Um, so they love, they love their literal humor and their puns a lot of the time. So words that kind of sound like similar to one another like is a, is a very popular style of comedy in Japan. Um, it's considered kind of like a dad joke in a lot of ways because it kind of is, but like it's still very funny at the end of the day. Okay. Um, well, so I can I can I can bring back kitakatos. Yes, they and they come in millions of flavors. There's apparently like been over like three or four hundred different flavors in Japan since they were introduced in the mid in the in the late uh, in the late seventies. I believe I have a request for um, raspberry. So there's raspberry, strawberry. I've heard of an apple cinnamon one, which sounds really cool. Um, yeah, there's just like I'm not a, sure about apple apple cinnamon. I don't know. I love apple cinnamon stuff. Okay. Like I, I would just I remember the Cheerios, the apple cinnamon Cheerios. I don't that's even want true. I don't even want the milk. I just want the cereal. Yeah, that's so true. Just, you just like apple jacks. Yeah, those are all, yeah. So, um, but no, they come in lots of flavors. They even come in kind of odd flavors as well, like wasabi and green tea and. Um, Lots of matcha flavored things. Yes. Yeah. I'm down for that. No, you know, absolutely gonna, absolutely want to try that stuff here. And again, I've I'm been asking around work and what people would you know like 
some people have no idea what's available in Japan. It's like, okay, well, I'm bringing back a bunch of Kit Kats for everybody in the office one way or another anyway, so... Uh, I, I, I've heard they are awesome, so... Oh, yeah. So um, I have to bring back some of that. I would love to find a little... I would love to find something to put on my desk at work. Um, some sort of little figurine or something, if I can find one there. I don't know of what at all, so... Well, each each city is supposed to have a mascot. So every city does have a mascot, and that's a kind of a big thing in Japan to help with the tourism, but in general, it's kind of a cool thing here. There's actually... Um, so, actually... More recently, there's a there's word of a there is a rogue mascot. A rogue mascot. So there's a mascot um, for a city. And I can't remember what the city is. John Oliver, John Oliver on his uh, last week tonight bit did did information about it. So there is a um, there is a mascot that's not the official mascot of the city. It's based off of the current mascot from that city. Um, and basically, what the mascot does, it looks like it does something kind of. Looks like it's going to do something completely innocent, and that it does something just completely weird and off the wall. Well, I, I'm going to assume bizarre. kind of lewd and, and crude and probably yeah. inappropriate. Oh, very inappropriate. Okay. And it's, but it's but again, like it's it's weird, and it's Japan. Um, like it's the only place in which you could have kind of like a mascot doing weird stuff to other things and people, and somehow be allowed to get away with it in a certain level. I mean, like. It, I, I would almost kind of akin it to like um, like a college mascot, kind of like getting into a fight with another mascot or something. But like this Which is not unheard of. Not unheard of. But this one actually like goes doesn't just like go into a fight. Like it brings a steel chair to to it. Oh, so it's a raw lot, a raw mascot. Oh yeah, like a like a wrestling, like a like a yeah. pro wrestling sort of thing. Uh, also, pro wrestling very popular in Japan as well. Oh really? Oh yes, like uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is a very popular. Well, that's thing. true because you you got me um, a um, wrestling T-shirt that's in Japanese. But that's actually the WWE that did that. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, wrestling in Japan very very popular thing there. Um, one of the actually the biggest stars was a guy named Kenny Omega, which is a Canadian. Oh. Um, and so a lot of American wrestlers actually go over to to Japan to learn the Japanese style. So like wrestlers like. Um, AJ Styles has gone over there. A number of different people have gone over there. Um, one of the most popular wrestlers uh, is a man named Chris Jericho. Um, know him? He, he wrestled in the WWE. He's a, he wrestled for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He now currently works for AEW as their inaugural champion over there, Ooh. which is kind of interesting because um, he was a, an inaugural champion for the WWE as well. Um, so he just has looked a numerous accolades to himself um, but no actually one of the very um, so you might have seen me wear this shirt before it's a shirt called the Bullet Club mm-hmm. um, it's from Japan it's basically um, uh, basically it was a stable of, of gaijin or white people that kind of were going into Japan and basically threatening all the Japanese nice guys so there were a bunch of bad guys and the intention was is that they were the outsiders coming to pollute and you know the Japanese people, and so the best way to kind of describe themselves is to call themselves Bullet Club because America is all known for like guns and bullets and all that stuff. So and isn't that a shame? I know, um, but they were very much kind of almost kind of terror, um, terroristic in like their actions in a lot of cases. Like they would always gang up on other people, gang up on the good guys. Um, you know, they pretend they would put pe- bags over people's heads. Like they were, not, they were 
clearly like acting at the end of the day because like as a wrestler you kind of acting yeah. none of these guys are mean pe- none of these people necessarily would have like the meanest bone in their bodies but they were all just like intentionally bad guys um, as a part of the stable so um, so but yeah no wrestling big deal in Japan no shows are happening while we're there um, but not that I would want to go to it because I don't watch it regularly because it's hard to watch regularly because because it's all in Japanese there's not there's an American version of it but it costs quite a bit of money to subscribe to it well yeah it, may, it might be interesting though to see oh, I'm yeah. more much more interested in seeing this the sumo wrestlers so I'm glad we can at least see them practice oh yeah no and the practicing is a really cool bit here as well so um, so that's totally available for us okay uh, so yeah so that's what we're seeing in Japan so what do you think so far oh I think it's gonna be awesome I'm still looking forward to it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to to just little moments walking in the streets. Oh yeah, no, again, I'm. I imagine my phone is just going to be completely full of pictures by the time we're done with all of it here. Well, and and one of the things that that I've noticed universally um, on the the videos that I've seen is really that as much as you might go long distances on subways, a lot of what you want to do, you really want to be walking. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so I found that I found that interesting. Yeah, I, I just find that notion here that like as much as there's. Cause again, you got to remember that in Japan, driving is not... It, Japan, when it was built, was built very close quarters, where, like, a building will be from, like, the wall over here to the wall over there, which is maybe yeah. about a, a 11, 12-foot span here. So, like, that's the walkway you can walk through. And in, this, in some cases here, you'd have carts that line the, the kind of line the outside of the walls here, so, like, they would make even less space available to walk through. Yeah. So, you know, their alleyways are somewhat small and notorious for not having, being not even being able to have a car fit through there, um, which is very kind of cultural at the end of the day. Um, and again, Japanese people don't drive a whole lot. I mean, you ha- obviously clearly have people that can drive, and there's lots of cars that are there, but most people don't drive. If they do need to drive, they often rent a car. Well, and, you know, and I, I really kind of like the idea. I think, I think at some point as a culture, we'll go to that as well. Where you have, I like the concept of zip cars, which is something they tried a couple mm-hmm. of years ago that didn't unfortunately do particularly well. No, but, well, but I, mean, I, I never heard of it until I got here until San Jose. So, yeah. And again, if you don't advertise it very well, then people don't know what it is. I mean, that was pro- that was a lot of the problem with the first um, electric car that they had, the EV1, was that they kept making commercials for it, which made it like this very grandiose sort of thing, and that they weren't ever actually describing what it was they were selling or trying yeah. to sell you on the, the uh, and sell you on what it was that you wanted to get they were just the future of today da, 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 and like all this yeah. platitudes yeah and i hate platitudes yeah it doesn't accomplish anything no and and again like for what it was it's the modern day version of what would be a tesla here and you know they went 50 miles to a charge it took three hours to charge it um and they could go up to 75 miles an hour and in all reality like it's kind of what you want out of a car. It's just to go, like, if it from, goes 75 miles. There. Yeah. Yeah, and if you just need to go from here and there to work. Or, like, it's not obviously meant for long-distance sort of traveling. But, I mean, like, you had it, you know. But it was a great car to get to and from other places. And in early 2000, the batteries would have been made more efficient later on as they do now. Because now a Tesla can get, like, anywhere from 300 to 350 miles to the charge. Oh, yes, but I have a friend who has one and refers to it as his Stressla. Because if you're making long drives, um, he gets real stressed about whether or not he's going to make it. Yeah, because you got to find a because you got to know you got to find an EV charger and you got to be w- willing to go have dinner someplace. Yeah, because it apparently takes like an hour to charge it or something. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he refers to it as just stressful. Oh. But I, but hey, if you have the money, you can be stressed. I suppose so. You know. Yeah. 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 The end of the I, day. W- I would. Lo- I w- <laughs> they look so, like such cool cars at the end of the day. They do. So. They do. Okay, so I'm looking forward to the trip. You have a, a great itinerary there. Mm-hmm. And I like that we have some free time to sort of explore. Yeah, and I, I, always like, I always like going on vacation and getting lost. I mean, like, yeah. I, I want, want stuff that I clearly want to go see and do, but I really just want to be able to, like, have, you know, hours on end to just kind of, like, walk around and get lost. Because, again, like, when I've gone to San Antonio, um, like, getting lost i found one of my favorite barbecue places that now whenever i go to san antonio i have to go to well and and you and i walking around villa hermosa and and uh that awesome chocolate milk oh yes yeah Yeah. that that goblet of chocolate milk goblet that thing was huge oh my goodness like he was like oh yeah i'll I'll, uh i'll get a chocolate milk i guess and like not realizing that that when they brought me this chocolate milk it was like the size of like I don't know, like the holy grail of chocolate milk, I guess, is the best Well, the Mayans to... discovered chocolate, so what did you expect? That's true. Yeah. We figured out a way to put sugar in it. Yep. Alrighty, so I think that'll do it for us here today. Again, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, I agree, but again, like, we're just super excited. And when we're in Japan, I plan to have little blogs. And so I want to have every day where we talk about what we're going to see each day, and then at the end of the day, come back and, you know, talk about what it is that we saw. Yeah. Um, which again, super looking forward to. So on behalf of myself and my mom, thank you so much for listening with us today. You can find out more information about our website, about our podcast on nerd tutorial podcast online at www.nerdtutorialpodcast.com. We have a Facebook group as well. So facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial podcast. And I have a Twitter at nerd underscore tutorial. So if you have any ideas or questions or comments, you can always message me there. And I would love to know if anybody's got any great ideas for, for Japan when we go there. I mean, like, it's never o- open too to suggestions. Open to suggestions, again. Absolutely open to that. Um, and so on behalf of myself and my mom, we'll see you. We may not be uploading frequently while we're in Japan, so you might not hear from us for a couple of weeks, but when we get back, we'll certainly upload a lot of these episodes. Uh, but on behalf of myself and my mom, thank you so much for listening to us, and we'll see you in a little bit. Bye. 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 <laughs>